Good morning, happy Thursday everyone and welcome to another podcast. So before we get into the bones of the podcast and I introduce you to our guest this week who I'm super excited to chat to, I thought I would just give you guys a brief update. So um, for any of you that follow me on Instagram, I have changed my Instagram handle so it is now at, (coughs) excuse me, it is now at legaldiaries.ie which is the name of my website so my website is www.legaldiaries.ie also um so yeah I just changed them so they're they're more in sync um and as you know the name of this podcast is Legal Diaries also so that's update number one update number two is I know how it said when I launched this campaign that I would previously do have a new podcast up each week but I think just (laughs) given how hectic my life is and it's obviously coordinating with guests and getting time to record and edit the podcast and then obviously do other bits and pieces I'm going to move it to um, the podcast every second week. Um, I'm really sorry for anyone who is enjoying it being out each week but it's just more feasible for me personally um, just because I'm super busy with work and everything to move it to every second week and then I can and like all my guests are still lined up and I'm super excited for that so um, but keep up to date on my Instagram account at legaldiaries.ie Um, in the meantime because I post pretty frequently on there and I also upload content to my website as well so that's that's um, still going to keep ticking over it's just the podcast itself won't be going up until every second week now so I yeah I as I said I'm super excited to welcome our guest here today Today, um, I'm going to be joined by Rachel, who is the girl boss behind the Instagram account at Legally Fierce Feminist. And we are going to be talking all about dating whilst staying the main character in your own life and prioritizing yourself. So it, it's such a, it's going to be such a super fun chat. Um, basically, we're talking about modern love, like situationships, dick pics, um like just knowing when you can't be 100% your authentic self and put yourself first in a relationship so yeah I'm super excited to welcome Rachel Today I am going to be joined, as I said, from Rachel, who is um, in charge of the Instagram account, or runs the Instagram account um, at Legally Fierce Feminist, and she also recently launched um, Young Legal Ladies on Instagram, um, which I'm delighted to be part of the committee of. So Rachel, if you just want to introduce yourself... Rachel, I'm Legally Fierce Feminist. Um, I'm currently working on a trading contract in a family law firm at the moment. Um, yeah, I think that's everything you need to know about me so far. <laughs> Perfect. So <laughs> the, the the main kind of, um, as you know, like the main premise behind 
the campaign is about being the main character in your own life and prioritizing yourself um and i think one thing i love about rachel's page just her her own instagram page is how just not even out there but how like straight she is with how bad dating can be and how good you are in terms of role model of like you will not compromise yourself in order to be in like a relationship or with someone and I think that that's a really good something that that younger kind of people should really like aspire and look at so if you want to just dive straight in um have you always kind of been like I won't compromise myself to be in a relationship or um no not at all not at all um I think I've always been when I was dating, so I came out of a five-year relationship about two years ago. Um, it was a really long relationship that I was in. Um, and I think I compromised a lot about myself and my career and what, where I was going in life um, for that relationship. And I came out of that relationship and then I dated for a bit um, and I kind of dated, I don't know the way to put it, boys, let's say boys rather than <laughs> men. Um, and I, I dated some boys rather than men. Um and I think they taught me a lot about myself. Um, and then I dated someone last year who, not last year, the year before, dated on the year before, who was slightly kind of, I don't want to say manipulative, but mm. he had a sort of way to himself where you kind of felt like you put your life on hold and I kind of put things on hold for him. And it just got mm. to a point where I just thought, why am I doing, why am I doing this for yeah a man like, i don't what's the point because i've got career goals i want to do i know what i want to do in my life so why do i want yeah. to settle for someone who's making me feel like insecure and not you know that women shouldn't have powers and women shouldn't be kind of in control and boss bitches basically can i say bitch on this podcast yeah you can you can you can <laughs> you can swear to your heart's content and ain't no hopefully i don't think there's many <laughs> under 18 following along but um and like what like what was that the kind of snap in you like the turning point where you were just like no I'm not gonna do this anymore or like what, what was it anything in particular that made you just go no um I think I think you know dating's really really hard it is really really hard in, in modern day because of the dating apps and everything and um mm. And I think I just got to a point where I was kind of thinking, I'm not going to carry on letting men ghost me. I'm not going to carry on letting them ghost me. And I put my life on hold and think, oh, I'm never going to find anyone else again. And I kind of had a, had a, a, a light bulb moment where I thought, no, this is it. Like, I'm taking charge of my dating life. I'm taking charge of me. Yeah. And I'm not going to let my dating life control me anymore. And I'm not going to let men control me and feel like I need validation. So I think that's a big lesson that we yeah. have to unlearn as women as well, that we don't need validation from men for what yeah. we're doing and I had to kind of uncondition myself and I think I still am and that's you know that was a big a big thing for me to try and accept yeah no I think that is definitely it because like even I can remember myself um I vividly remember I just got out of a long-term relationship like at the time I think I was only about Jesus I think I was only like 22 and I was sitting at the end of my bed and I was like crying to my mom and it was a really bad relationship but like I was crying to my mom that I was going to be alone for the rest of my life and I was yeah. just my mother was like you are 22 <laughs> what is wrong with you she was just like and like I've dated I don't want to say like I've dated loads since then but like and I'm now in a relationship um, a long-term relationship so but it's just so I think we as women um and I don't want to offend anyone um 
base like our goals and our life around being and it's not even that we intentionally do it I just think we are kind of set up to do that like you never hear of a guy who's so say like if I'm reaching my 30s I have friends in their in their 30s who their family be like oh you're you're ticking on a little bit there but if they had a nephew in their 30s or like another relatives they would not say anything about that because it's like cool for guys whereas I think there's just so much pressure on us yeah 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 Yeah, it's um and so and where so uh, one thing that I want to chat to you about is because you posted on it on your Instagram and I thought it was a really kind of interesting dating story the lipstick story oh the oh <clears throat> so I was dating someone a few months ago you know I came on this podcast and um I had someone who I'm currently seeing text me being like you're not gonna be saying names are you like I really hope you're not gonna be talking names or anything. <laughs> so I am <laughs> I'm going to very carefully try to avoid any kind of personal things that might link them to people. Yeah. Um, yes, I was dating someone for a few months um, who, um, it, it should have been a red flag really, but I'm very bad at ignoring red flags and I don't seem to know that red flags never turn green. That's, that's my new motto. Oh, never turn very green, good, very good. But we have our rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> when we're in our like exactly. honeymoon period, we have our rose-tinted glasses where we're like, everything's amazing. Like, <laughs> this person is life where you're like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, I, you know, I was dating for a bit and there was a few kind of red flags, but one of the red flags was that he didn't like lipstick and I was wearing lipstick on my first date. And he didn't say anything about it, but then it came to the fourth day, um, and he said, I'm not going to kiss you if you're wearing lipstick. And, well, I was like, well, that is your choice. Um, so we did not kiss each other the whole night, um, and I stuck by that. And then we broke up, I think, a couple of days later. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those very bizarre dating stories that I've had. That's so insane. Because, like, I know, because even my boyfriend now, if I had lipstick on, he'd say it in a jokey way. Like, I'm not going to kiss you because the lipstick will, like, if it's a dark colour, he'd be like, I'll literally, everyone would be knowing what we were up to kind of a thing, like, as a joke. But, like, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of a guy. And, like, did <laughs> did he give any kind of, like, reason as to why he didn't like lipstick? Or was it just, like, a, was he just, like, no? I think he said he just didn't like the way it felt. He didn't, he didn't like lip gloss either or lip balm or anything. So I was like, so basically that's all the lipstick things that you don't want me to wear ever. Yeah. But like, very, very weird. Very yeah, strange. Like there's not liking how it feels, but then not, I'm putting up with it because you know it's something that someone like loves to wear when they get ready. But then there's not liking it and being like, well, you're going to have to change if you want this to be like a thing. I think, I yeah. think, yeah. Um, and do you find, so, and how do you find, so obviously you've just started in your training contract, so you are probably absolutely, like, up the walls, which I, I can relate with. How do you find, and you, you said you're dating at the moment, are you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So how are you finding that, like, balance between having an actual life and then your trainee contract life? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's about finding someone who is mm. just as sort of motivated and driven as me um, and knows I don't have time to play games, knows yeah. that I'm kind of quite straight up um, 
and I, I know I talk on my, on my blog about the fact that I don't like to ghost people. That's not something I like to do. Yeah. But um, I have admittedly done it a few times the past couple of months just because um, I don't have time and sometimes I mm. forget to respond to people. And if people aren't, if, if people aren't you know, said anything interesting or they're wasting my time with not going on dates and they're not showing any, any interest on going on dates and things, then um, that's, you know, that's how I kind of deal with it. And I'm, I'm quite, like, straight up with dating. I'm sort of like, I want to date you all. I don't want to date you. I know it sounds really kind of cutthroat, but I guess when you're dating as a training solicitor, you don't have time to, to yeah. mess around and think about dating someone for a few months and then, you know. Yeah, because you don't, you Sorry, don't, yeah. it sounds like, and we don't want to put anyone off dating when they're trying to be a solicitor or a barrister, but you don't have that time to romanticise very much about it. And just, I don't mean to sound really cynical, but like, you need to kind of evaluate from the outset is this guy worth the only free time yeah. that I probably have? Um, and I think, like, I wouldn't advocate for ghosting either, but I think you kind of know. Um, like, I think ghosting's worse when you're kind of getting a vibe that this is going somewhere. So if you give indications that it's going somewhere and then you just, like, blip and just disappear off the face of the earth. Like, I think so certain things, rather than, say, you ghosted people, like, they just fizzle where you're clearly really busy, like, this isn't, like, a thing, and, like, they fizzle. Um, whereas I think yeah. fizzling out is a lot different to, like, I would associate ghosting with something a lot different, um, like, more kind of sinister. Yeah. So I would say you more kind of let things kind of fizzle, and then you just don't pick them up because you don't have the time, you, don't, you didn't see it going anywhere. So, yeah. And, like, what do you think so say if you think back to when you were in like your five-year relationship and when you compromised and you did everything what what do you think if you were starting out in that relationship now and you could go back and talk to yourself what kind of advice would you kind of give that like young pe young girls especially just like like I know girls and I absolutely adore them but girls that go to college and their aim is not to get a degree but it's to find a husband like um so like what, yeah yeah what would be your kind of advice if you were to go back to you say at the start of that five-year relationship yeah you know I think I might have well I don't want to sound too harsh um and I don't think he's gonna listen to this because I haven't spoken to him in years now yeah. um so I hope he's not listening. Um, so I wouldn't sound too harsh, but I don't know if I would have started that relationship in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think at my age, I was 17 when I started that, so I was really, really, really young. Um, he was the first boy I'd ever shown any kind of interest in me. Um, I had been bullied for the way I looked. Um, I'd had boys have been quite horrible to me in my past about, about me, basically, um, and so it was the first kind of man who was my age who kind of treated me nicely. And I was like, oh, this is a nice man. And I think we were talking about, he gave me that sort of like validation that I, that I needed to kind of think, oh, you know, maybe I'm not so bad looking. Maybe I maybe mm. I am attractive, you know, maybe all those things were wrong. Maybe I'm, and credit to this guy, you know, he did boost my self-esteem and he, you know, made me probably into the woman I am today. But... I would probably evaluate, you know, 
do you like this person? Yeah. Do you like them? Or are you just wanting to date them just because of the fact that they give you kind of validation? Yeah. And, you know, do you even want a relationship at that age? Do you want to, do you want to get a boyfriend? Do you want to go into uni with a boyfriend? You should be having utterly like the best years of your life at uni and that age. And you should be just feeling out the ground and seeing what works for you and seeing, you know, who works for you and stuff. Yeah. But I don't, I think I've rushed way too quickly into that. And I would, you know, say, don't rush into things just because you feel like you need to think about whether you actually yeah. want it and whether it's... Yeah, and then, yeah and then it's so hard to end those kind of relationships because I've had those too and when that person provides you that kind of validation you're like but I don't want that to go and you can't because you had never previously had it you can't like see past it so that's what kind of probably made you compromise things more because you'd be like well I'm so lucky because he thinks this but every other boy thought this and like so and what would be so when you're starting something now um what would be your kind of non-negotiable so when you're kind of getting into something with someone you've been on a couple of dates and you're like oh this could go somewhere what are your kind of like red flags now that never turn into green flags what are they for you and like what are your (laughs) your kind of like non-negotiable things that a characteristic say a person needs to have oh i don't know where to start on red flags i can yeah. probably count how many red flags i have in my head now of, that's a red flag that's a red flag that's a red flag um i think my non-compromise non thing, things i can't compromise on now are people who don't understand my work ethic um mm. i'm a very kind of career driven person i'm very motivated i'm very determined um and i want to get what i want to get and you know i have high standards like i, I admit i do have high standards mm. for my work and for myself and for where i want to go to and any man who wants to slot into my life has to understand that i'm not going to be i'm not going to be free every single night to mm. be there with him and be comforting and be supportive and stuff because you know i have such a high job and i'm going to be working most evenings up until like eight at night and stuff and yeah that's something that he needs to understand but i would still be i'm still gonna be a supportive partner and i still bring so much to the table but i just i don't compromise on men men who can't sort of let women fulfill their dreams if that makes sense you know men who sort of try and hold women back because i have dated a few of those men who would gladly hold women back um and i i don't like to compromise on them more you know you need you need like a number one fan you need a cheerleader like, yeah. i always think you need that like you need someone who is like yeah you, you do that like that's great but you know you don't need someone who's saying oh are you doing that again or are you, why are you doing that and so that's yeah. my non-negotiable now yeah i do think so like i think you need like because I would and a lot of people in my life would say and their fear is now they're like you live your life in fifth gear um and now that I've obviously like I finished I got my exam results and everything and people are like okay you can come back to third gear now um and my boyfriend would even say that he's like okay this is time that you need to dedicate for yourself but at the same time he knows in the back of his head that I'm gonna find something to bring myself back up to fifth gear again because that's just my personality and I've always been like that um And it might even not be taking more things on. It just might be that I will dive. Because when obviously I was doing exams, I wasn't working like every day of the week. I was only working about three days. So now that I'm back five days, I'm like, okay, 
the the work world is my oyster I'm gonna get so many things done and you 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 take on more so I think having someone I think my mom's kind of best way when she was talking to me years ago when I was having my my like crisis at the end of my bed was that I need to find someone and I feel like you're you're kind of the same so my mom said you need to find someone that if you woke up in the morning and you said right I'm gonna move to Australia they will get up and support you and go with you and let you like live your dreams yeah rather than sit down and go well is that a good idea there'll be a sounding board but they won't tell you don't go so like because I have such yeah. a get up and go personality whereas if a, an opportunity comes up in Europe or something I'm like well I can't not apply for it or not put myself forward or something like that so I think you're kind of the same where you need that person who will be that sounding board but at the same time needs to realize that your career is a huge part of you which isn't a bad thing in in my books I know some people would be like oh my god that's so bad but um you mentioned before I'm so intrigued um red flags what other red flags have you encountered Oh, there's so, <laughs> there's so many red flags that I just like. I think I just see them and just think, oh, that's not that bad. Like, we can deal with that. You know, that's not an issue. Um, uh, I was, you know, I was, I was dating. Well, I wasn't dating, so I was going to go on a date with him, and he had said, oh, but you know, I, I just ended um, about a three year relationship with someone who I was seeing um, last year, and then we got back together before lockdown, and we broke up um, just as lockdown started. And I totally ignored that. Like, I was thinking... In my head, I was like, oh, is he seeing me as a rebound? Because I was the first girl he talked to in, like, you know, mm. since his new relationship. And it's like, is he seeing me as a rebound? All that kind of stuff. Um, and then it kind of came to... He probably was seeing me as a rebound, after all, because we never went on a date. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of fizzled. And he said, oh, I don't think I'm going to go on a date with you because... I just think I'm too, like, scared of dating again. And, you know, I just was like, I've wasted about two weeks of my life texting you, getting to know you and stuff, just, just to, just to have that, um, I think, so the, the mainly biggest red flags, I think, for me, are people who have just finished relationships, um, people who talk about their ex a lot, yeah. um, <laughs> I've had those, a lot, and, you know, people who, like, <laughs> people who, like, compare you to the ex, um, people who say things about feminists, you know, things that aren't very nice about feminists, um, you know, there's, there's just things that when I go on a date, I might be like, oh, that's not too bad. But then you look back and think, why would, why yeah. did I not see that in the first place? You know, like, um, I mean, if I don't want to offend any barristers out there if they're listening. Um, but I was dating a barrister for a bit, um, and I dated his barrister. But he'd, on his dating profile, he'd had a picture of in, in his, in his barrister get up. Like yeah, wig and gown, yeah. <laughs> and at first I was like, oh, that's not too bad. But then I was thinking, but is that not a bit, a bit sort of too far? And he turned out to be very, you know, like controlling. But, but I was thinking, is that a bit too far? Is that not sort of like a little red flag there on the dating yeah. profile? But like, but, you know, it might be a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like I, years ago when I was in my master's, um, I dated a barrister as well. And hopefully he doesn't listen to this because he'll definitely know who he is. <laughs> But I remember being in my master's and contemplating whether or not to go to King's Inns and pursue being a barrister myself. And he kind of talk, tried to talk me out of it and be to say kind of like he didn't know if I had it 
in me or like it, it was just it was very kind of like bizarre kind of roundabout conversation oh. whereas like you would hope that he would be like oh that's really cool like this is what it was like to go to king's inns and like get answer all your questions and do everything or whatever um but yeah no so i did it and i qualified recently <laughs> so if you are listening screw yeah. you um but <laughs> i think yeah there are some kind of people that have a definite kind of arrogance about them um and i think that arrogance can turn then into kind of controllingness because they have a particular way they want things to be um and it's yeah it's not not a good thing like you can be type a which i i would say i'm quite type a but there are certain relationships and situations where you shouldn't allow your type a like you need to have compromises where you're like okay like my boyfriend and I do not at all like see eye to eye and everything like we have like there's definitely things where like I adore him but I'd be very like he calls me really utopian and really kind of like liberal and I would have like whereas he would be not the complete opposite but wouldn't be as much as that as me but it just goes because of the environment that I work in um and the people I work with I get really angry about like the really like small things that affect people on a day-to-day basis um but yeah and any other major red flags for you other than talking about your exes (laughs) you're like where do i start Um, with my novel of red flags (laughs) um well i mean there's always a kind of like you know the boy who texts you at 2 a.m that's always um, fun I once um, had a guy. <laughs> I once had a guy who I had ended with show up at my accommodation on Valentine's Day at like two in the morning. <sighs> like, what do you do there? You're just like, hi, please go. Like, this isn't a thing. Why are you here? <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I think some guys are just really expectant of something. Like, they're like, oh, she'll always be in my contacts. Like, I'll just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I, I feel like I can say this. You've got your usual sort of, like, fuckboy types. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got your usual sort of... And I feel like I went for, went for those guys for a little bit because I feel like I have a thing where I like bad boys. Um mm. And I always have a, I always have a joke that I, to, I like to go for emotionally unstable men, um, so men who are emotionally unstable and emotionally unavailable as well. Um, so I, I know that I'll never get a relationship with them, but you know it, it's fun for me. Yeah. Um, so that's always a thing that I need to always like watch out for. Luckily, I seem to have veered more from that, and I think I'm going more towards the good side now. I think I'm mm. I think I'm getting better. I think I've learned some lessons. I think I've picked up on things. Um my dating journey's been interesting. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think you know there are certain things of like men who are who don't seem controlling at first, but then you look back and think, well that was controlling and then it mm. can turn into obviously more sort of dangerous things and more more things in a relationship that you obviously don't want to be encountering. Um so yeah yeah and does so you work in family law would working in the line of work you put in ever like i don't know what your views are on marriage or anything like that or kids would it ever put you off seeing the things you see in your day-to-day work would it ever put you off just like marriage in general because i have some friends Um, that work in family law and they're like no they're like i can't do it (laughs) 
Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not put, I don't think it's not put me off yet as such, but I've never been someone who has always been really, really eager on kids. Yeah. Um, I've always been sort of like, mm, don't really know if I want them, don't know if I do want them. Now I'm back in my office and we work next to a nursery, so I hear them screaming and crying <laughs> all the time. It puts me off a little bit. I kind of went towards them, and then I was like, mm, "No, I've heard you crying and screaming every day. I don't know if I want it anymore." Um, do you know what I've always said? I've always said that. Um, I think it depends on the person that I meet. Um, you know, yeah. I didn't want kids for a while, and then I met someone who I thought I really liked. And in in the future, I could see myself having kids with them because I was thinking it wouldn't be the fact I was having a kid; it would be the fact I would be having their kid. So yeah, be, you know, a, a mini version of us that we yeah. something we've made oh that sounds so horribly romantic that is not me at all yeah um <laughs> it has a little piece of both of us yeah <laughs> but i think that's true that sounded, because... that gross <laughs> yeah but there's a thing that like like there is some people that you meet and you date and you're like god i would never even bring this person home to my parents <laughs> like let alone think of like oh I could see us having kids and like do you think what would be your kind of because obviously like the whole dynamics of everything are changing now um in terms of like like I have friends and I have cousins who are together with their essentially they've been engaged for years but they just haven't gotten married and they've two kids and stuff like what would your kind of I don't want, hopefully, the guy that you're dating to listen to this and get really freaked out or anything. Like, what are your, <laughs> what are your kind of views on the whole, like, marriage? And, like, like, do you fear that you wouldn't be able to retain yourself? Because uh, it, it's very different, I think, than being in a relationship. Like, it's a, like a lot, as you know, from family law and judicial separation and everything, there, there's a lot more, like, on the line with it. And, like, what, what would your perspective be of it? I've always joked when I'm when I'm getting married uh, since I started law, I'm gonna get a prenup. Like I used to be like, that's it. It would be prenup agreement, da da da. Everything in place when we get married, because I ain't letting me have no money off me when we get divorced. Um, do you know what? I, I feel like it's really easy if you work in law and in family law to get really pessimistic about yeah. everything around you and to get so ingrained and so kind of like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because do you know, I always have a thing that uh, my job is my job like yeah work me is work me and I come home and I leave work me at work like hopefully I come home and work me isn't home it's normal me and you know me that you don't see in the office and things so I'd like to create a kind of balance between work and my life and you know if I wasn't working in law and I wasn't doing this and I wasn't working family law and I didn't see all these things every day then you know I kind of think well if I wanted to get married, then I would get married. You know, if someone asked yeah. me to get married, then I would say, unless I really didn't like them, and I was thinking, well, no. You know, I would probably say yes, because they were probably, you know, we're probably at that stage we'd get married, and, you know, I guess it's... I think marriage is... It's it's more sort of like a fixing your relationship. It's a commitment thing. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes you reach a point in a relationship where you like someone so much that you get married to them. Yeah. And, you know... If divorces happen, you know, divorces happen, but life is, you know, life is just full of all kinds of things, and I don't think you can spend forever thinking, 
what if I get divorced? What if this happens? What if yeah. this happens? Because if you did that with everything, you would never do anything, I guess. Yeah, because I think you need to, like, I think for some people, they see it as a needs must. And then for other people, it's just kind of a milestone in their relationship. Like, they've been together for so long, they want to kind of celebrate it or mark it in some way, and then they want to get married. But I think you, I think you need to, like obviously divorces and everything are messy and you don't advocate for people to want to get divorced from each other but sometimes yeah sometimes (laughs) relationships just run their course and I think regardless of your dating life and whether or not you'd carry your your perspective from work into your dating life but I think given the kind of I feel like you work with kind of similar kind of cases or clients that I would work at and my friends are like how do you cope with your job and I'm like you literally need to switch your feelings off um and it sounds really horrible but if I would come out an emotional wreck from every day from work if I was listening to because I work with with homeless people and like I work with people who are like younger than me who are like my little brother's age who are homeless and I'm like this could be my brother but if I was to do that with every client I would literally be an emotional wreck so I think it's similar in family law because there's so many there's so many emotions like it's not just money or damages or something like that at the end of the day like it's literally people's lives that are like and like what drew you this is probably like a complete side note but what drew you to family law in the end always had a sort of like you know I've always said I never wanted to go into corporate law and sort mm. of like um I always tell that I never wanted to sell my soul like I never I never wanted to do that selling my soul to the man basically yeah. to you know take money off the poor and give it to the rich kind of thing um so I wanted to go into a side of law that helped people um and in my LPC, I was like, nope, never going to do family law, never going to go into it, blah, blah, And I remember I studied it and thought, I really don't like family law, like, it's really not for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I came to the exam and I was thinking, no, don't really like family law, I don't think I'm going to do it again. Um, but then a training contract came up in a high street firm and it was family law. Um, so I thought, well, like, so, you know, I'd done a bit of it and I was like, maybe once you get into practice, you will really, really enjoy it because I guess when you study things you kind of think i don't want to do that ever but actually the principle of studying something is far different to what it's like in yeah. practice um and i don't think a lot of law students know that that it's so different in practice to what it actually is when yeah. you study it like I, um and yeah. then i started this training contract and i was like yeah i love it yeah because i can imagine so, like because yeah. even from like a human rights perspective and work like the cases that you read about from a study perspective are probably pretty gruesome. So the cases that you would have studied within the LPC for family law, where you were like, nope, don't want to touch this. But like, I'd say family law, like you have your big cases and obviously every case matters, but you're going to get mundane things where people just want like amicable separations and, and stuff like that. So like, I suppose there's probably that element of it as well, but obviously they're not going to illustrate that to you so much in a learning environment um yeah so actually one one question I have because um like what are your what's your experience actually with dating apps so would you be like an avid dating app person or would you have like one go-to or like what what is your experience with it like do you find it a fruitful experience I don't want to call it that (laughs) you know what I mean like would you have you have you met many like from dates that you've gone on have many come from online dating or if they come through friends or 
Um, I think every single person I've dated, um, uh, kind of like this year and last year, were from dating apps. So okay. I don't tend to meet people out. I've met a few people out, but that's never kind of come to like dates per se. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't. It's really strange because you don't tend to meet people in bars or clubs or things anymore because, no. um, you know, I've spoken to guys about this and men have said that, and I said, well, would you find it really creepy if a guy approached you in a, in a club and was like talking to his stuff? And actually sometimes it is a bit weird because, and sometimes, you know, you're out with a group of girls and, you know, I've spoken to men who would find it intimidating to approach a group of girls mm. and talk to one of them. And I would find it intimidating to approach a group of guys and talk to one of them. Um, so that whole sort of like meeting people in bars and clubs and pubs and things is sort of starting to fizzle out. And that's just because there's so many apps, you know, there's Bumble, Hinge, Tinder, every other app under the sun you can think of. Um, and there's so many people to now use. Um, so I think dating apps is sort of like the norm, the yeah. norm way now. Um, and that's how I tend to date. Yeah, because I know when, when I was single, like, I would have used, um I think Tinder was only the really main dating app then. But, um Jesus, I sound like I'm ancient. I'm like, back then in my day, we only had <laughs> Tinder. But um but it, it wasn't even that kind of side of it. It was just a practical reality that I was working, studying. Like, you just don't have time to go to bars and clubs and, like, once a week and meet a possible potential suitor for the future. So, whereas at least if it's on your phone and you can match with someone or on a computer... You, it's like you can have that kind of initial contact in that setting and um, because like when you're working in a training contract till eight o'clock in a high street firm you're not going to want to then doll up and go out for drinks to hopefully attract a suitor who and even like we're so I think we're so educated now to be wary of strangers that randomly approach us in a bar <laughs> So when people do do it, you're kind of like, what's going on here? You're like, why is this person talking to me? Um, and how, so did you start dating then um, during quarantine? Like the, the person you're seeing now? Um, no, actually, no. I only met him um, a few weeks ago. So I really hope he's not listening to this. Like, oh my God. <laughs> gonna get rid of her yeah and how did how did did you were you still using kind of other apps and stuff during quarantine or how did you find that kind of weird period where no one where or were you just like look i'm just not gonna really engage with any of this right now um so i was dating someone through lockdown so i started dating them literally in mm, beginning of march i think end of february um i started dating them so we were te- we were texting and stuff obviously we couldn't see each other yeah. um and then when it kind of like at the end of may i think we saw each other once probably like this might have been illegally please if the police are listening to me don't arrest me right now <laughs> um for my illegal my illegalness um and i think we might see each other once just for like a walk or something um but then we broke up. We broke up during lockdown, um, so that was really horrible. Obviously, cause breaking lockdown is not fun for anyone. Yeah. Um, and then I left it for a few weeks. I didn't really date people, um, and then I only got back on the on like dating apps about sort of like the end of June, and then yeah. Yeah, and like, what is your like experience of being a female on a dating app? Because I don't think guys get it. Like, it's it's a completely different experience. To, oh um, yeah. <laughs> um it's 
<laughs> Interesting. Um, being a female on a dating app, I think. Um, because you can get some very strange chat-up lines. Um, yeah. Some weird things. I know, I know I've know. i sent... I've been sent a fair share of dick pics. Oh. I've sent a dick pic on Bumble. I didn't know you could send dick pics on Bumble, but I was sent one. But, like, why um, Why do they think... Conversation. Why do they think they're a thing in the first place? Like, no offence to any guy listening, but they're just not attractive things to look at anyway. <sighs> let alone when they're, like, unsolicited. <laughs> And you're just like, I've been told, I've literally had a high, how are you? And I've seen more of you than I probably ever wanted to see. And you're like, I didn't ask for it. And I, yeah, like what, what is, would you get like on Bumble? Like, would it happen often? Like, this is, but like, I don't, yeah. Um... It's happened, I think it's happened like once or twice on Bumble. Um, it's never happened on Tinder. It tends to be like Snapchat and things. Um, yeah. Guys who, I've, who I've like known, um, who've just sent them. Um, sometimes I once had, I had one in my email a couple of weeks ago. That was possibly the strangest thing ever. <laughs> Not your work email, your personal email. No, it's my. It was my blog feminist email, so I think they might have done it. So sort of like, um, yeah, like I like fuck you with your, all your feminism. Here's my dick. Yeah. <laughs> that is so. It's very formal. It's very formal of them. I know, like not even to send it through DMs on Instagram, like just to just to email it to you. Um, that is, yeah, I don't like. I don't think that's a thing that will ever change. Like I know, like it's such a weird. Because I used to work in a secondary school and I remember the kids were like, oh, we have these things now where they're not relationships, but they're called situationships. So you've got yourself in like a situation with someone, but you're not officially dating, but neither of you are going to talk about the fact that you haven't called it anything. (laughs) And you're just kind of going to go along until one day you're kind of like, they refer to you as, oh, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend. And you'd be like, are we dating? And and then you're a thing. And I'm like... (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like and I've I and then I looked back at when I was single and I was like, Jesus, I was in those where like neither of you want to talk about it, but you have been seeing each other for like an extended period of time. And you're like, how do you refer to this person? Who do you introduce them to? Like no one has those conversations anymore. And it just and like how Yeah. yeah. And have you ever been I think that's that is a problem. Yeah. Especially, like, like when you're younger, yeah, you're, like, you're grand, sure, like, you've all the time in the world, but you're, like, do I want to put a solid <laughs> six months into this situationship, and then for him to go, sure, we're not even, like, boyfriend and girlfriend, and you're, like, <laughs> you're, like, I had very little free time, and I've given you six months of it, so, and then you have to then go, and, like, how, how do you find kind of when something ends dating how long would you wait before does it obviously it depends on how the 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 situation ship or the relationship ends before you go back out but then how how long would you usually say to yourself right I'm gonna give it some time because I'm done with this and then go back kind of into the the dating kind of sphere Oh, do you mean like how long would I give something after I finish dating them or? Yeah, like how long would you kind of be in your kind of, because I can imagine like 
sometimes it can be like obviously it's upsetting but it's also really frustrating as well I can imagine where you're just like well that was a waste of whatever months or whatever um like how have you ever gone on a like I'm never talking to men again and then gone on a really big ban or are you generally kind of like because some of my friends are like I never want to talk to a guy again I'm literally like one of my friends did a year after a really bad breakup she was like that's it no talking to a man for a year and like went a year without dating anyone or kissing anyone or anything and we were just like this is this taking a little bit to the and like they had only been dating but she was just like i'm so done with fuck boys that she did it she was like it was for lent she like gave it up for easter and she was like i'm doing it for a year now but like how long would you kind of usually give yourself before you're like okay ready to get back into the game um i think it depends because i think it, it depends on the relationship it depends on what it was yeah and it depends how much it took out of you when you finished it because i you know i think that when you enter into a relationship you shouldn't enter as half of the relationship and they should be half the other half of the relationship yeah you should enter a relationship and you should enter dating someone as your full potential yeah and this is you and you don't need anyone else to support you you don't need anyone else to bring anything else to you you know you're looking for your partner in crime you're looking for someone who is someone who's with you on your journey so that's I always make sure that I am in a good mindset you know I'm in a healthy place because I recognize that sometimes I might use dating to try and make myself feel better mm. you know, it's one of those things where if I'm going through a bad patch I might want to go on dating apps to sort of be sort of like a a, a, a bad patch like and my friend knows this you know my friend does recognize that that is that is one thing that I will do. Yeah. And if I break up with someone, I'm not ready. I'm not in a. I'm not in a good position. I'm not in a good place. And I'll get back on dating apps the next day, mm. and she will instantly know. Look, she's she instantly knows. Look, she's going through one of the phases. She's going through a mo- moment. Let her run it out because it'll run its course. And yeah. that is, you know, that's what I sometimes need to then get over the hurdle. But I'm never on those dating apps to fully date. Or I'm never. I'm never in that mindset of like I want to date you. I want to date you. But when, when I get on a dating app and I meet someone and I think, I want to date you, that is when I know that, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. supposed to start dating again. Yeah. So I would I would never put a timestamp on it and say I'm giving myself seven years off to go and do whatever I want to do. But sometimes, you know, it's good to, it's good to take a break and think, you know what, I, I, need, I need a month or two, just be with myself. I don't need men. I don't want this. I don't want that. I just want to take some time for myself. Learn, learn what I want, learn what I need, learn what I'm doing. Sometimes it's nice to just take a break. Yeah, and I think sometimes as well when you've been so not even consumed by something, but been dating a person for a while, like it's really nice to just get familiar with your own company again and just not even like, I don't want to sound cliche and be like, you need to learn to love yourself again, but you need to learn to kind of give yourself that validation <laughs> um, that you might have gotten from that person because like you need to be able to do that for yourself because you're not always gonna have someone who's gonna be that person to provide that for you um and then my kind of last um question because I know I've kept you forever (laughs) um would be would you be upfront initially so we're all about like being the main character in your own life and everything and you're very much like a big advocate for it and you don't you're very driven and you have certain career goals and everything in mind would you be upfront about that initially or how like how do you slide that in there where you're just like okay well this is this is the situation with me so you either you get on board or bye <laughs> 
Um, no, I think all my dating bios, so my Tinder bio has a Legally Blonde quote in it, which we love to see. Um, and the Legally Blonde quote, so it says, I'm going to be a partner by the time I'm 30. I need a boyfriend who's not such a bonehead. And it literally weeds out the, the men from the boys, let's let's say that kind of phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't, because some people know it's a quote, some people don't know it's yeah. a quote, some people get scared by it and think, oh, I don't want to go near that. And it does, it does weed people out because yeah. they, they see the, they see the bio. And I've had lots of men approach me and say, look, I, I, I loved it. I love that quote. And I loved it. Ambition and driven and stuff. And I've, you know, ever since I've started doing that on, on dating apps, I seem to have the right, I'm attracting the right people because I'm yeah. putting it out there. On my, literally the first thing you see on my profile, look, this is, this is it. So I, I am quite open about it and you know i'm very straightforward about it yeah because i think if you're not kind of upfront at the outset they kind of i don't want to say like they feel like you catfish them but they get into it and they're like this is not what i expected so you don't want to create like a false pretense that you can see them every time they message you where you can yeah so like yeah i think you kind of that would be the if any like anyone listening that that's the big kind of takeaway that if you are going to put yourself first, which everyone should, and be the kind of main character in your own life, you don't, to not compromise yourself, but to just be, I think, boldly upfront with it, because, like, as my mum says, you need someone that, if you go tomorrow, I want to pick up and go somewhere, they'll tell you to go, or they'll go with you, and they'll support you, so you need to, and if they, if they come back to you and say, well, I don't really like a woman who wears lipstick, or I don't like, a woman a woman this that poor guy well actually i don't feel sorry for him sorry if you're listening somehow but uh or i don't like a woman who works till 8 p.m or i don't like this then you're kind of like you know what there's plenty of people out there that probably do want that in a person like and it's the same like i want yeah. this the same and similar attributes and a guy i date like i couldn't date a person who was super lazy um, and I don't even mean like physically lazy. I just mean like who didn't have a bit between their teeth. Like if they're not ambitious themselves, like I find I find that really. And do you find would you gravitate towards someone like that as well, or like what would you? Towards someone who's quite ambitious. Yeah, um, or like similar yeah. kind of driven mindset. And it might like it might not be necessarily always career driven, but they have like a passion that they work towards. Or yeah, I just. I, I, I don't think I could do a kind of I don't know how to describe it like but like a tick the box like lovely person but they don't really they're kind of in their job and that's yeah. it and that yeah I just I initially I don't think I'd gel with them because I'd be like I, I don't understand that you don't work till this time or do this like I, I just don't think I'd because when you come from a legal world you're like so wait you didn't stay anywhere and people often say no, it's just commercial firms. But like, if you if you have a deadline with a case, you do it because you love your job and you stay in. Like, regardless of like, no one's forcing yeah. you to do it. Like, yeah. it's a lot more of a friendlier environment. But like, you 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 still do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. Sorry, I've kept you. You must be exhausted because we literally <laughs> just had a Zoom call for everyone listening for um young legal le- young legal ladies before this. <laughs> that is a mouthful but um if yeah so I suppose if you want to finish by just giving maybe a shout out for your own um 
Instagram and where people can find you and your blog and then maybe if you want to just give a short kind of blurb of Young Legal Ladies just because it's kind of starting up so for anyone listening that would be interested Um, yeah so my Instagram you can find me at Legally Fierce Feminist Um, so that's where you can find me there my blog is fiercefeministthoughts.com um, but we can find that on my Instagram so if, if you haven't understood that link there you go it's on my Instagram as well um, and yeah for everyone who's listening if you are you know a woman who's interested in law and you want to feel empowered and all that kind of stuff then do join Young Legal Ladies we've got a new Instagram page it's going to be great we've got events coming up and we're going to do a lot to try and empower women to work together rather than competing against each other in the legal field so thank you so much for having me it's been great to have a conversation discussion with you about dating (laughs) oh yeah like I feel like I could just bring you on for like chapter two like I think we've just scratched the surface (laughs) um and Um, and to any man who's listening I'm sorry any man who's listening to this who's dated me I'm sorry if I've said anything offensive about you I do apologize and like no one is to send you after this unsolicited dick pics because (laughs) especially not yeah I don't want them yeah like I don't think any unless a girl explicitly asks for them she don't want them that should be also the takeaway from this podcast here is like unless someone goes you know like you just you you don't send them like and I think some guys do because they're like I'll definitely get her boobs in return and you're like no (laughs) like I just yeah I don't understand men but yeah thank you so much for coming um it's been super it's been like we've been chatting for nearly an hour now like super good chat but um enjoy the rest of your evening and the rest of the work week well thank you so much for having me thanks so much take care bye